God. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Said that he uh, heard organ music and stuff that wasn't coming from Chris's keyboards today. Oh. He lost his mind. I said, "No, I've I've heard I've heard sounds from heaven and, and instruments and choruses when nobody was playing them. Two other times for sure." I said, "So you're not losing your mind?" He looked. He looked over. He says, "It wasn't coming from Chris. I looked over. You weren't coming there either." I said, "No, I've had that happen twice." Praise the Lord. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's 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 wonderful. Did have a full sound today? I uh, I know I know other ministers who if uh, they had they had uh, like the chimes start playing when he was during his sermon, uh, you know, and uh, it's really cool to hear those testimonies. Angels get excited when we begin to praise God and. Uh, and sometimes they'll do things like that. Amen. Amen. They respond to the Word of God and to thanksgiving and, and praise. Yeah. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together in this place of worship. To exalt you, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us not leave here the same today, Lord, but to be closer to you. To have a greater revelation knowledge of your love for us and your power in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I like the NIV on this because it just really speaks to me. Uh, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Scripture we were talking about last week, 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. God's desire is to prosper his children. We've been learning about prospering in the land of promises that Jesus has led us into. Last week we were talking about money because Jesus talked about money a lot and it's something you all think about a lot and need, quite frankly. We discovered through the word that money is neither good nor evil. It's a tool. Money makes life a lot easier, as a matter of fact. I've tried it both ways on several occasions, and I prefer with. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a tool, like I said, and, and we need tools. The right tool for the job, 
Makes the job easier. God doesn't give us money, does He? He gives us the power to obtain wealth. That's what I just read to you in Deuteronomy 8.18. He gives you favor with men and with Himself. And he's given us His great and precious promises according to Peter. And the spiritual law of sowing and reaping that we just participated in. That we can count on and trust. So that we can get money. And it's a tool with which we can do lots of things. We can buy lots of things. But much more valuable, as we mentioned last week, are the things that money cannot buy. Money can't buy you happiness. It'll buy you a house, but not a home. It'll buy you a companion, but not a friend. Buy you a bed, but not a good night's sleep. If you have God, you have His Word, you have His promises, and you believe them, and you confess them, and you live them, then you will have godly integrity, character, sacrificial love in your heart, faithfulness, peace, love, joy, positive attitude. And with these things that money will not buy, you can get lots of the things that money can buy. Godly character will cause God's favor to surround you as a shield. And then you'll prosper and have success all the days of your life, wherever you go. That's what he told Joshua. Keep this word ever before you, in your mouth and in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Going to make good things happen. That's a promise. Not from me. From God. Who cannot lie. Success. We mentioned is not something that will have to be pursued. As a Christian who does the things. Who lives the things instructed in God's word. Because the person you become. When you truly live the word will attract Success and blessings because of the Christ in you. Also, persecution with the things and because of the things that you're blessed with by God and by men comes with it. Jesus said so. But only by living God's way will you ever really see true prosperity as set out in the Word of God, the kind that, that doesn't bring any sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10.22 We've learned that one of the keys to all this, to true Christian prosperity, is that it isn't selfish. That's where we lose almost everybody. <laughs> Christians who oppose prosperity do it because they associate it with greed. And rightly so in many cases. There are lots and lots of people, lots of Christians, most of the world, and many preachers who are out there trying to build a kingdom unto themselves. And they have, they have tarnished 
their reputation and and their witness for for Jesus. And they've caused other people to stumble, to be confused. Lots of Christians have gone shipwrecked and destroyed their witness this way because of greed. 1 Timothy 6.10 is the scripture that most people think of when they think of money and the church or money and God. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. Greed. When you exalt money to a higher place than you should, anything that comes between you and God has become a God. But in 2 Corinthians 9.8, the giving chapter, we call it, we see that true Christian prosperity is given to us so that we can have enough to give to every good work. And so I challenged everyone that if you don't have enough to give to every good thing that God puts on your heart and to your church and still to support your family and, and have enough left over to be a blessing in your life, then maybe you are not really participating in the plan that God has for you to the full extent that He has for you. God prospers us so we can bless others. So, the person that has a, a true understanding of this, of this biblical prosperity, they aren't selfish at all. They want to prosper so they can be a blessing to others. And so as the money flows through you, there will be plenty for you. The sprinkler always stays wet. <laughs> Said it many times. The person that says, oh, I don't need anything more. God's given me enough. They've just revealed something that says to, to you that they believe that the prosperity was for them. So in that case, it would be selfish for them to ask God for more. But when you see it the way the Bible says it, that they're always seeking and listening for God. Where can I be a blessing? Who can I be a blessing to? What do you have for me to do? It's going to require money. So in that sense, it's not selfish at all, is it? Am I, are you with me? Amen. All right. <laughs> so, in order to... Hopefully we have a clear understanding of that. If you don't, you should listen to last week's message if you weren't here or if you didn't really get it all because it's in more detail. And it's available to you on iTunes and Google Play now and SoundCloud all for free. Willbrocker.org. Get it on Facebook. Play it in your car. In the bathtub. <laughs> So in order to begin to take advantage of the things that God has for us, we start looking last week into the spiritual realm to learn about partaking of the divine nature and provision of God through the promises of God, right? Why the spiritual realm? Well, 
Doesn't it say in Ephesians 1 3, praise, 1, 3, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with all spiritual blessings in Christ? And Peter said it again in First Peter, in Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. He says, uh, His divine power has given us, perfect tense, already accomplished, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil, evil desires. Already done. Already provided. Already accomplished for us. And obviously, we don't see these things. They're in the spiritual realm, aren't they? It says every spiritual blessing in Christ. But it's already given. So, many people who don't have any understanding and their church doesn't have any understanding of these things just think spiritual blessings are in heaven. And they're waiting for you there when you get there. And so they just muddle through this life until they go home to be with Jesus. Then everything will be alright. Wrong. It will be alright. But it is all right now. And you can partake of the divine nature and the provision and promises of God here in the sweet now and now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the moment you believe and receive Jesus Christ as your king, you have become a partaker of the kingdom of God. Everything is part of your inheritance. You, you are a joint heir with Christ. An adopted child, as it were, with the same rights and privileges as the natural born child, Jesus Christ Himself. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And now you're a different person. Isn't that what it tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17? I'll start at the 16th verse. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. This is Paul talking, the great grace preacher of all time. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. All things have become new, says in the King James. So as Christians, we have become new creations. Paul said, man, we, we used to think of people, I, and, and, and once upon a time, I thought of Jesus that way. He goes, but man, no longer. I know He's God now. And now, I look at His at every born-again Christian, is what he's saying. He said, I look at them, and I don't see them even after the flesh anymore. I look, I look at Tom, I look at Bill, I look at every one of you that I know have received Jesus, and I, and I say, man, they don't even know what they have on the inside of them. I don't, you, can't, you can't see that person after the flesh anymore because their potential is in the spiritual realm. Their true identity is in the spiritual realm, and they have the, the mind of Christ. The kingdom of God dwelling on the inside of them. And just because they may not have tapped into it yet. They're perishing for a lack of knowledge is all. It's like starving to death with a hundred thousand dollars hidden in your mattress. 
We need to find out who we are in the Spirit. As Christians, our true identity and all of our potential is found in the spiritual realm. In order to truly truly relate to God, to know God, and to partake of the blessings, we need to know more about our true identity. And we need to be in touch with it. 1 John 4.17 says, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as He is, as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. That means right now, we're the same as Jesus. You say, man, that is just that is just out there, dude. I don't know. It's not me. This is the word. That's first John four seventeen. First Thessalonians five twenty three. Now here's gonna explain it. You say, I'm just like Jesus, right? I have the mind of Jesus, yeah. I have all these things, all these things, and all this blessings you're talking about, they're already mine. They're already on account. Right. Alright. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Paul says, Now, may the God of peace Himself sanctify you, set you apart, keep you holy completely, and make your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are three part being and when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior one third of you was redeemed your spirit that spirit of iniquity that spirit of Satan that you were born with because of what Adam and Eve did was evicted and the spirit of God was ushered in your spirit was renewed and the spirit of God sealed your newly perfected and redeemed spirit Perfect and incorruptible from now on. That's who you are. You can't feel it. You can't hear it. You can't touch it. But you can read about it. And you can let the Holy Spirit bear witness to who you really are in your born again spirit. And as you do that, Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality is your soul. It comes into agreement with who it finds out it really is in your spirit. And as the soul and the spirit line up in agreement, this old thing will just follow suit. You see? Jesus said in John 6.63, it is the spirit... That quickeneth or gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Nothing. If you didn't notice. Jesus didn't think much of this old body. Or this old world to be honest with you. The words that I speak he said are spirit. And they are life. So it's the spirit world. And the spiritual realm that's really important. Not the flesh. I'm laboring on this because I want you to go there with me. John 4.24, I always quote, says God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So having said all this and all these scriptures I have for you about what's really important and who you really are and who God is, this all points to the spiritual realm. 
Not to this flesh that we pay so much attention to. I want to talk to you about something that will help us to understand this. And to stay humble, which is beautiful to God. And He doesn't have that many occasions to gaze upon this beauty in this world, unfortunately. As much as He'd like. Because we simply refuse to humble ourselves. And all the while, the Holy Spirit is just taking a back seat. Because when we refuse to humble ourselves, God will just let us be in charge or have the illusion of being in control of our lives until we ask Him to come in and take over. (laughs) Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Really beautiful passage of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. But we have this treasure. Talking about us. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Or earthen vessels, your Bible might say. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. We have this treasure. In these earthen vessels or jars of clay. You know that scripture in the beginning of the Bible? I think it's the third verse. It said, God said, let there be light. Everybody knows that, right? (coughs) Let there be light and what? And there was light. You ever seen that as a picture of your salvation? Because it is. Acts 26, 18, move to the new covenant to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Dear Lord, the treasure that Paul is talking about is the light of God. Shining in our hearts through Jesus Christ. As he spoke of in 2 Corinthians 4.6. For God who said let light shine out of darkness. Has shown in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. Another way of defining this treasure is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Look to Colossians, the first chapter. I love Colossians. It is a wonderful book of the Bible. It's not very long if 
If you or anyone you know needs freedom from almost anything, you can find it in the book of Colossians. <coughs> the first chapter in the book of Colossians, I love the whole thing. It's hard to start at the end of the second half of the second verse. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, Paul said, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He was praying for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole world is in the whole world. It's bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. He re- reading on to the ninth verse, he says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. I love this prayer. Most of us are familiar with the prayer to the Ephesians, but there's one here in Colossians as well, and you'll find one also in Philippians. This says, Paul's praying for you. He says, we ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. We can know God's will for our lives. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him. How many of you ever really yearn and desire to walk in a manner pleasing to the Lord? He's entitled to that, you know. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. Hey, Jesus is the only way to go. <laughs> and he is before all things and him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil works, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, 
which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up for what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, that's you. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all energy that He powerfully works within me. I had to read the whole chapter. Where do you what do you leave out? What can you leave out? (laughs) My God. So this treasure that's hidden in jars of clay, this Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why? Why? Why didn't God just redeem this old flesh, this body, this jar of clay, this this earthen vessel? Why didn't He just make it supernatural body to reflect the supernatural change that took place on the inside of me when He came into my heart at salvation? Well, the Scripture answers. To show the surpassing power That the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. To keep us humble. For God to receive the glory which belongs to Him. So no one could mistake the power that flows through us as being our own. Paul was talking about our relationship, our union with Jesus Christ and and all the benefits that come with it. Amen? This truly is a treasure far beyond the price of money. It was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. You're a new creation. Stop believing what the world says about you. Stop believing the lies of the devil. Stop believing what you even see in the mirror. Because <laughs> I've just been explaining who you really are. You're a spirit and you have a soul. Which is being renewed and redeemed. 
And you will get a new one of these, by the way, a supernatural one when you get home. The lamb without blemish. blemish. You, you know what they're talking about? Jesus' precious blood? You go into the courtyard of the Old Testament temple of God. There's some sinners coming. Heavy hearts. Heavy hearts. Sin weighing on them. One, he's got a, a bullock. Another, a goat. And there's one. There's one with a lamb. One that he watched over carefully as it grew to make sure it was perfect. This is the only kind you can offer to God, you see. No spots, no blemishes, no imperfections. He brings that lamb into the temple courtyard with him. Sin weighing heavy on his heart. And we watch this man and he has the lamb. And he's confessing his sin to God. He lays his hands on the head of that lamb. And he tells God all about it. And the priest. He comes and he takes the lamb. He doesn't look at the man. He doesn't expect the man to see if he's perfect. He looks only at the lamb to which the man has transferred his sin by the laying on of hand. And then he kills it. As a symbol of The lamb having taken the man's sin on his body. Picture of Jesus Christ. The perfect lamb of God. What he did for us. Each one of us. Now God doesn't look at you. Not looking at you anymore. Not because you're good. But because Jesus is good. Perfect Lamb of God took everything you had coming <coughs> and He let Him kill Him for it. And now you're free. Redeemed. Justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Standing before God. Now we can run boldly to the throne of grace <coughs> that we may obtain mercy and find favor in the time of need. We can run right into the throne room of God the Father Himself, where not even the high priest could go except once a year, and they kept a rope tied to his leg in case he had any sin that he didn't even know about, and he would die, and they had to pull him out of there. Now, you can run in there without fear of judgment like a spoiled child. 
Daddy, have mercy on me. He's got your picture right there on the mantle. <coughs> Excuse me. First Corinthians 1, and I'm almost done here. 27, 28. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world. And the despised things. God has chosen. The things that are not. So that he may nullify the things that are. (coughs) Do you have imperfections. In your life. Things that the world tells you. Disqualifies you. From things. Hey. Be happy about those things. That's what makes you qualified for the grace of God. That's why God will use you if you'll just humble yourself. And instead of talking about all your achievements, just let God have the glory for everything. Stay humble and let God use you. Let God exalt you in due time. (coughs) Reflect on His love for you. You need a revelation of God's love for you. Pray that He make you usable. And keep you humble. Until that time. Just remember to keep Him first. And give Him the glory in all things. Proverbs 3.6 In all thy ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct thy paths. Remember the scripture we started with today. In Deuteronomy 8.18 You shall remember the Lord your God. For it is He who gives you the power to get wealth or anything else. Without Him you can't draw the next breath. All He had to do is scramble your brain a little bit. And you wouldn't be able to walk across the floor. He gave you everything you have. All He wants is your love and Credit, (laughs) which he's due. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for loving us and teaching us. We thank you that you have placed your treasure, your kingdom into these lowly earthen vessels, these jars of clay that will one day return to the dust. But this isn't who we are, this jar of clay. We are spiritual beings just like you, Father. You created us in your image and you are a spirit. And we have a soul 
And we thank you for retraining our soul, teaching us who we truly are and where our home truly is with you in heaven. And helping us to be beacons of your light here to a a sick and dying world that needs your light, your love. Help us to proclaim your word boldly, Lord. To not be ashamed of you. That you will not be ashamed of us in front of the angels or our Father in heaven. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for being that perfect Lamb of God, that sacrificial Lamb of God for us. So, yeah, we'll give you all of the glory for everything good that we know. And we will believe big, Lord, for every good thing that you put in our hearts. The bigger, the better, Lord, because if it's really big, then the world will know that we couldn't accomplish it on our own. And we'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We'll point everyone to you, Lord, because you truly are worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.